I messed up. So I told her, you got a mirror, you can see what you look like in those jeans. So, anyway, I don't know what to do. You just talk to her. And tell her what? You tell her how you feel. I did. I told her, I feel like you look like your mother. Okay. No, you, you need to use your words. You know, romantic words. Oh... Wait, what? Okay, um, honey, uh, you, you take your wife by her hands, and you just pour into her. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Am I holding her hands, or am I pouring something? I, I can't do both. What? No. Todd, you are going to pour words into your wife. You look her in the eyes, dead set, and you just let go. Because that's what she does to you, Todd. She makes you let go. And you say to her, you mean everything to me. And I would let go of everything if it means that I just get to hold you for the rest of my life. And that's what you do. What are you doing? I'm calling my wife, and you are going to tell me some pretty words to say to her. We are not doing this. Hey, babe. No, 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 don't hang up. Don't hang up. Um, I was an idiot. And I know you said some things to you. You shouldn't have. You don't say that. I'm, that's not what I meant. I meant I have some things to say to you right now. No. While we're on the phone. Stop it. Just listen. She said I have two minutes. What do I say? What do I say? I'm sorry. For what? Oh, you tell her that. I'm sorry. Babe? She's still there. I can hear her breathing. Tell her I love you and you mean everything to me and I am a fool because I don't tell you that more often. Um, I'm a fool for loving you and I should say that stuff more often. You are the only reason I am half the man I am. Your love and constant support is my daily breath. I'm half the man I am because of you. And your love is a constraint. Constant support. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, your love is constantly on my breath. Daily. daily. You are the greatest blessing God has ever given me. And you are perfect for me. Babe, you're the you're the best thing God ever did for me. You're perfect. Uh, for me, you're perfect. You're you're not perfect. Sunsets are more beautiful when you are on the horizon. Um you're more beautiful at sunset on the horizon. totally worked. Babe, I'm gone in 60 seconds. What a moron. You 
were great. I know, right? The words you said, I, I heard. I had no idea. Seriously? You had no idea that some women fall for that stuff? <laughs> I'm just glad you're not that gullible. By the way, what's for dinner? I've messed up. Use your words, my friend. Use those words. Use your words. Can I tell you? That's bad advice. It's kind of good advice. But it's not all the advice. For words are good, but words are not enough. Words are important. But if all we ever do is mouth that we have words, that we have love, then all it is is lip service. I'd invite you to turn to the Gospel reading this morning. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And would you stand for the reading this morning? John 15, starting at verse 9. These are Jesus' words. He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, to lay down one's life one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. This is my command. Love each other. You can be seated. Be my valentine. That's a phrase that conjures up all kinds of images of cards and hearts and poems and elementary school and little flat or one of those candies that taste like chalk and I mean all those things, flowers and things that we give to one another. It reminds us of Cupid flying around with his arrow and shooting the unsuspecting youths, young and old, expressing their affection to their sweethearts. February 14th means cards and candy and flowers and Cupids and church valentine banquets. But our mothers and fathers in the faith would be quite surprised of what has become of Valentine's Day. What we call Valentine's Day originated in the church. It originated as a feast in honor of St. Valentine. It was a religious holiday. They they would especially be shocked by our use of Cupid, who in the day day was a character from pagan mythology. For the founders of this holiday, it began as a day to celebrate the life and the death of a Christian martyr named Valentine. According to church legend, uh, Valentine was a priest in Rome uh, about the year 270. And at the time, the Roman Empire was imprisoning people 
imprisoning people for their faith, imprisoning people for, for not uh, believing in the Roman gods. And so during all of this persecution, Valentine was finally arrested. It is said that he was, some say he was arrested because he was performing Christian weddings. Others say he was arrested because he was helping Christians escape out of Roman jails. It probably is a little bit of both. He's brought before the court and he's asked the question, what do you think of the Roman gods, Mercury and Jupiter? He said out loud that they were not gods. There was only one true God, the one true God, the Father of Jesus Christ. And so they threw him in prison for insulting their gods. That didn't stop Valentine. He continued to minister. He ministered to the, to the prisoners that were there. He ministered to the guards that were there. And um, in fact, there was one guard, a, a good man, whose little girl, he'd adopted a little girl, she was blind. And he asked Valentine, this guard asked Valentine, is there anything that your God could do for her? And Valentine began to pray for her, and miraculously, her sight was restored. This guard and his whole family, 46 people in all, gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized as followers of Jesus. And because these people had come to know Jesus, Valentine continued. He ramped it up even more. He began to, to speak loudly in prison and, and began to talk about the, the gift of God's love. And the emperor heard of all this. And the, the emperor was incredibly upset that Valentine would continue this Christianity in prison. And so he ordered him to be beheaded. Knowing he was going to be killed, the story is told that he left a note for a little girl and he signed it, Your Valentine. Valentine knew that his Christian activities would get him in trouble. He knew that if he didn't uh, tell the court that the Roman gods were the true gods, that he would go to jail. He knew that when he was in jail, if he continued to talk about Christ, that his captors would be angry. But he continued because he loved the Lord and he loved the Lord's children. He was willing to risk his life to help set prisoners free, not just from the freedom of the jail, but the freedom of sin. He was willing to risk his life to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to all who needed to hear it. Valentine shared love, not in words only, but in actions, even when those actions were costly. There's a big difference between our modern Valentine's Day and the Valentine's Day of Christian roots. Both are celebrations of love, but, but they highlight for us the difference in how the world defines love and how God defines love. For the world, love can mean all kinds of things. And certainly it can mean that deep commitment that we make in those merit relationships, the ones of 50 years or 7 years or, or everywhere in between. But love has many other meanings in the world. It, it can refer to just only a physical act. Most often, uh, love, when talked about in the world, means a, a romantic love, feelings that men and women have. But so often it's just kind of over-glorified puppy love, really. The world says, I'm in love. They mean their knees are weak and their throat is dry and they're attracted, but often that love is devoid of commitment and depth. Love, by the world's definition, is as flimsy sometimes as a cardboard Valentine's card. It's not enough to just use your words. The church's definition, God's definition of love, is quite different. Jesus said, no one has greater love than this than the one who lays down his life for a friend. 
the world's standards of love is sometimes warm and gushy. God's standard is about the ultimate sacrifice. The sacrifice that would go so far to set aside our own preferences and our own lists and our own needs, even our own life. That level of love that far surpasses the kind that the world seems to offer. The world's love that we see in, in magazines and news and TV, it often is self-centered and self-serving. It often asks the question, what do I get out of this? It is often about the lover, not the loved. And when the lover no longer gets what they want, then the loved is set aside. But God's love, God's love on the other hand, it lives and dies for the sake of the one who is being loved. For the Christian, that's the ultimate example. That's the call to live a life in the way that Christ loved. He is the living example of God's love. He, he died for our sake. He came to earth so that the lost and lonely people of the world might experience what it means to understand the kingdom of God and, and how that calls us to a different life. He, he went to a cross and, and gave His life so that you and I might be made whole and restored in relationship, not just for today, but for eternity. So often, the love we see characterized in the world is a flimsy cardboard card but God's love is best exemplified by a thick, blood-stained board called the cross. For those of us who follow Jesus, Valentine's Day can be a reminder of the very root of where love came from. A love that is shown in the life of Jesus. A love that is shown in the death of a martyr like Valentine. It is a love of depth and commitment that is not like others. It is a depth of commitment that surpasses even our desire for survival. It is a love of a God who was so willing that He sent His Son that we might have life. It's the love of a man who, who risked his life in prison in order to share that God had changed his life and could change theirs as well. So you think of all that. And you think of all that story and you think of of all that Jesus is saying. And, and you say, well, Chad, should I even give what my loved one a valentine? Well, if you know what's good for you, you should. Um, in fact, maybe you should even do more than that. But when we give flowers and we give cards, they become for us an expression, a reminder for us of a deeper love. They are expression of love. In fact, our love ought to be measured not by the standards we see on television or anywhere else. Our love ought to be measured by the standard we see in God. You see, if you really want to know love, if you really want to begin to understand love, then take a look at the one who loved first. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Our love will never completely measure up to the perfect love of God. With God's help, we can grow that. With God's help, we can reach for it. With God's help, we can get better at it. For God's help, we, we can try that and strive to be the people He's called us to be. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. And He also said, we just read in John, He also said that I've appointed you so that you might bear fruit. I think part of that bearing fruit is people who love. You also remember that Jesus said, people will know you are my disciples. They'll know you're a follower of mine by, by how much you read and how much you give and how much you serve and how much you volunteer. Well, that's not what he said. 
said, they'll know you're a follower of mine by how you love each other. Love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is laying down your preferences and your to-do lists. Love is laying down your pride and your comfort and perhaps even your life. Love is more than just words. So the question of the week for us is, as we, as we hear that and we hear Jesus' words, we think about Valentine, all of those things, the question that applies to us is simply this, and it's a question that only you get to answer individually. How are you doing in loving? How are you doing in that with being more than just words? How, how are you living out those actions of the faith that you have within you? How are you laying down your life and your preferences and your to-do lists and all of those things to first and foremost answer this call of God on your life to be His hands and feet, to be the church, to be His representative, to be dispensers of His grace. The love that God gives us is not like the love projected in the world. God's love is not a flimsy imitation. It is the real thing. It is an all-giving love that is willing to go all the way for the ones that you love. I can't think of a better way than on a weekend that, that includes Valentine's Day. I can't think of a better way to think about Jesus' words that talk about loving and laying down our life to really celebrate that and to really give thanks for that than to come to the table and partake in the Lord's meal. This morning we come to the table and we we're reminded of, of God's love. His love His love for you was not just words. His love was action. He backed it up. And the receiving of communion is a remembrance and a thanksgiving for just the amazing depth of love that God models for us. And that He loves you. And He pours that love out on you, wherever you are in the midst of the journey of life. You might remember a couple weeks ago, I invited you to, to come up and take a rock out of the orange bucket uh, that was there and is there. It was a reminder. We were talking about this, this call that we have to be people who, who, who live out the kingdom outside of these four walls, to, to live out that love, our responsibility to be the hands and feet. And, and as you remember from that morning a couple weeks ago, we talked about that, that each of us, each of us are a part of, of building the kingdom. And sometimes it seems in small ways, but the kingdom is built one life, one rock, one person, at a time. And if you remember, we invited you to take that rock and to, as just a symbol to say, I have been here and I have received, but now I'm going to go out and I have a responsibility. One at a time, one person at a time, one rock at a time. And when all of us work together, we begin to see the walls of the kingdom be built in our community. I told you a couple weeks ago when we did that, that the bucket would make its way back on the morning we took communion. And I want to invite you this morning to the table to receive. But after you receive and, and partake, I'm going to invite you to, to come around this way and come to the bucket and to take to take a rock. It's just a, as a visible statement and as a reminder that, that we are not just receivers of God's love. We are also called to be doers. When we come to the table, it is not just for our benefit. We give thanks for that. But it's part of the commitment we make to live that out to a world that is yet to see, to be one at a time, a rock at a time, a life at a time, to build the kingdom of God. 
So as you come this morning in a moment and, and give thanks for this amazing grace of God poured out in Jesus Christ, we become receivers, but not receivers only. We are then called to be people who go and love. Where will that be for you this week? Where will the kingdom, the wall of the kingdom, build a little stronger? One person, one place at a time. Because you have become reflectors of the love of Jesus. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you so that this that my joy may be in you and, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Father, we give you thanks for your word today and the words that Jesus spoke, the reminder to us that we first and foremost are called to be a people of love. And we give thanks for the picture that we see of that in Christ. We give thanks thanks today that as we come to the table and we take the bread, we're reminded of, uh, of love with action, not just love in words. That reminds us of a broken body and we take the bread and we dip it in the cup. We're reminded of this sacrifice made for us. The words of love to us were not just words, but you back them up. And so we come today and we we are thankful. We are, we are people who want to be joyous for the gift that we've been given. But God, would you help us today to be reminded through the symbol of the rock or any other thing. Again, the rock's just a word unless we do something about it. That we would not be just receivers, but we would be, we would be sharers of the kingdom. That wherever you place us this week, the people you put in our path, what, whatever you would have us do, because we have been with you, because we have received, this grace. We can be people of grace. We give thanks for the table. In Jesus' name.
your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Cause on and on and on and on it goes It overwhelms and satisfies my soul I never ever have to be afraid One thing Jesus took the bread and broke it and the cup and drank it and said, do this in remembrance of me. And today, we give thanks for amazing love. Father, it is in joy that we come to your table. thanksgiving that we're reminded of your gift how good it is to be loved by you how good it is to be reminded that your love has never failed and in the midst of whatever circumstance we find it will never fail we stand in that we run into that and we leave this place not just being people who have received but being people who take this message of love hope and joy and have it lived out. May we look more like you than when we came. And may we live this love. May we reflect this love until all your children find their way home. It is in the amazing name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you as you go.